I personally, I love that that 2016 campaign is my favorite, but <laughs> I wouldn't be too. I would be okay with Kyrie, you know, going back to play with LeBron. I don't know how he feel about it, <laughs> but I think they would look good together, especially now. But I don't know. Mm. It's, it would be interesting to see how they put everything together. Opulent Inventory, our proud partners here on the show. From iPhones to MacBooks to Apple TV to Apple Watches to trade-ins and much more, now you can have the Apple product of your dreams. Visit Opulent Inventory on opulentinventory.com and on Instagram. My guy Nash and Gardy are the very best in the game to provide you the Apple product of your dreams. Now, let's get back to the show. podcast show season four episode 17 man man we got a special guest today one of my good friends good friends hannah henderson uh baller hooper from kentucky state university uh we go way back a few years man she's she's a big time hooper uh hannah how you doing today good thanks for having me on here Nah, no doubt you know what it is man we locked in man everything's going on uh uh hannah hannah I don't know if you if you saw, but yesterday free agency in the NBA was absolutely crazy. Like it was, it was, it, it was sick. It, it, it was sick. What, what was <laughs> out of all, out of all everything that stood out? What was the biggest uh, news to you that that, that made like really shock you? Um. Well, okay, I'm not gonna lie. I did miss a little bit of it, but I caught up. They did like a recap on NBA TV. Um, I think. I would say John Wall going to the Clippers, that one kind of threw me a little bit. Yeah. I'm, interested. I'm interested to see how that's going to work. I think it'll be good. I'm really interested to see that. If all three of them play, yeah, I'm interested. But, but- – well, you see, you see the, the biggest, the biggest thing with the with the Clippers, and and, it, and it, this would be, this is a huge piece for them. They needed a point guard, and they got one of the pure, most pure point guards out there in the league. Yeah, they did. But the big, the, 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 the only question we ever had with the Clippers was durability. Is that a, is that something that you think about when you think about the Clippers? Mm, that's, ooh, that's a good question. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, I feel like they got all the pieces now, but it's just, are they all gonna be on the court at the same time? Mm-hmm. That's the that's the that's the, that's, that's the unknown right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the yeah. unknown right there. Like it looked good on paper. It looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Paper, yeah, look- that's a bad yes, 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 yes. What you think about that? Yeah, yeah. That's that's always been the unknown about about the Clippers. Um, I think that you know, at first I said that um the news when Kyrie Irving came out, I thought that mm-hmm. um, a good landing spot for him would be mm-hmm. the Clippers because, you know, Ty Lue and, and Kyrie were the member of the 2016 team that won with the Cavs. So I thought that would have been a good position for Kyrie to, to land on. But they went out and they got 
uh, John Wall, <clears throat> who I think, you know, still got a lot of game, a lot of ball in him. And um, now he actually gets to contend for something, you know, playing with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. The only thing is, is are these guys going to be healthy on the court? Because I think that, you know, if they can and they can talent, they can maximize that talent. This is a team that can potentially go toe to toe with Dallas, Golden State, uh, you know, Denver. Um, who else is in the West? Phoenix and those guys. So. Um, the, the only unknown is, are they going to be healthy at the same time? Because uh, with, with, with Kawhi, it's it's always something. Back, hip, leg. Yeah. And then with, with um, what's his name, Paul George, it's always missing time. And then, so that's, all, that's only going to be the unknown. But I do think that if they're all healthy, they could shake something. They definitely do. They have, they have all the pieces. I want to shift gears a little bit over to over on the East Coast and here to <laughs> – the, the big news that shocked everybody, which was Kevin Durant requesting a trade out of the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, this was this this was a shocker to most, but uh, not to some. Uh, for me, I wasn't surprised once I realized that they weren't going to re-sign Kyrie. Then it was a situation that KD won't KD wanted out. You know, essentially KD has no play. He's on a four-year deal, so he didn't want to be left with, left with this Brooklyn team without Kyrie and he didn't want to get traded to any other situation uh, cuz cuz essentially he's going to get he's going to be locked in for these next 4 years so he he's already signed he's already signed his contract so wherever he goes that's pretty much where he's going to end his career for the most part but that that was the biggest news to me that stood out um what was was KD trading well, well, how do you, how do y'all see this playing out this 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 can get very interesting um <laughs> I'm not sure. I think I seen on the, uh, the other day something about Kyrie made a statement. Is he staying in Brooklyn? He decided to stay. Well, Kyrie, Kyrie, Kyrie was only wanted to stay if they Kyrie opted in because he wanted those on Monday because he wanted those three days in order to to potentially work out a long term deal with the Nets. The Nets didn't budge. The Nets didn't aren't sign, aren't signing him. They they don't want to bring him back. So because of that fact. If KD already knew, if they if they didn't want to bring Kyrie back, I'm out of here. Because, okay. You know. Okay. No, well, I'm not. I'm not shocked. Then. <laughs> I, I, it was. Yeah. It was. It was to to me to me Sebi. It was no way. It was no way that Kyrie was going to play this year on a one year deal because all year long, all the you didn't want the media asking him after every game. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, where where are you going next year? Are you going to resign with the Nets? Mm-hmm, are you going mm-hmm. somewhere else? They didn't want to have another situation like his last year in Boston. I, that, that wasn't happening. Right, so, right, right. That, I, I think that's the reason why K, uh, Kyrie won, joined for, well, KD joined forces with Kyrie. Right. Kyrie was the first domino effect back in 2019 that, when they got with the Nets. I, I think in this situation, it's um, this is what you really call a mess, bro. This is what you really call like mayhem and, and stuff because – I can't even tell you where Kevin Durant is. There was multiple reports yesterday said over half of the league asked for Kevin Durant. Yeah. I mean, obviously, <laughs> half of the league going to ask for Kevin Durant. But realistically speaking, um, most of those teams don't have the assets or the ammunition to go get mm-hmm. a Kevin Durant. You got you to gotta have the, the – you got to have yeah, the assets with the players yeah. and the picks, right? But also, you got to be able to have the money to take a big contract like that. So, I, I really couldn't even tell you where we, I, I think Kevin Durant is going to land on. Now, I know in his wish list, he had Phoenix, he had Miami. Problem is, uh, you know, the Nets, and I don't blame the Nets either. They want something <laughs> back. 
they said any deal that's going to be dealing with Phoenix, I need Devin Booker. And yep. feel that Miami wants is going to have to start with Bam Adebayo. But the problem is they already got Ben Simmons on the team on a rookie deal. They can't get Bam Adebayo on a rookie extension. So that's the problem there as well. So um, realistically speaking, I, I couldn't even tell you where Kevin Durant would, would be going. There's, there's, you know, Toronto in play. I've heard Pelicans, Boston. I heard, uh, what's the other team? Dallas. I, I'll tell you a place you can't go. I could tell you a place where he, he cannot go to Golden State. That I could tell you that. He cannot go <laughs> to Golden State. He, he cannot go to Golden State because he'll get sunned, knowing that Golden State yeah. just won a championship without him. Yeah. Going back to Golden State would make him look a lot like a coward. I could tell you that. Yeah. Nah, he's, yeah. he's, definitely, he's definitely not making that move to Golden State. I've heard a lot of teams, too. And you're right, Phoenix, the, 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 the Brooklyn Nets, they say, okay, you guys want to play hardball? Well, we're going to play hardball as well on, the, on, on our end. So I think, to, to me, a, a lot of this falls on Sean Marks mm-hmm. when, this all, when it's all said and done. Mm-hmm. This has been terrible GMing over the last uh, a few years by him and, and his counterparts. This, this is the, if, if, if Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, or at this point, when Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are all this team and trade it off, this is going to look very bad on his part, and and it's going to be a lot of people potentially calling for his job. I I see it coming soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I agree. I, I think the the thing is is that this is why I said I thought Kyrie and and Tyloo would have been a great fit in Clippers because a guy like Katie and Kyrie, um, they if we couldn't definitively say who is the leader in that locker room in the Nets. It should it should be KD, right? It should be KD. At worst, it should be Steve Nash. We know Steve Nash ain't gonna hold nobody accountable. Kyrie could do whatever he want. KD could say or do whatever we want because he's the face of the franchise. There was no leader on or off that court. Sean Mark is already, you know, a, a, a lousy GM himself. I mean, that was just you know, just you know, destruction just to begin with. You know what I'm saying? So. I think for Katie and Kyrie, wherever wherever they land, they need somebody that's going to hold these guys accountable, especially Kyrie, because he he's the guy to me that I think now in today's game, a lot of today's athletes have power where they want to go, what they want to do, but they need to have a coach that's going to hold them accountable and be like, nah, look, you're going to come here, you're going to show up, you're going to play. If you're not, you're going to stay home or you're not going to get paid. Like I think that is the type of attitude that – and the identity the Nets is lacking, and that starts with front office, and that starts with Sean Marks. And and and, and Hannah and Hannah, you play with with coaches. Isn't that like a balance? Like 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 you, we love we love coaches that are relatable, like relatable coaches, like player type coaches. But isn't there a fine balance between being uh uh, uh being too being more like a a teammate and more so putting your foot down and being stern and knowing when to coach? Isn't that a a fine balance that certain coaches have to find for real? Yes, definitely. That there's definitely a fine line, <laughs> and I didn't play for plenty of coaches, but there's a fine line because with that you can lose. I, I don't know if I want to say respect, but you can lose like a certain amount of. Because um, players, they gonna go as far as you let them, you know, with certain stuff. Because yeah. you know, all basketball players got that kind of like. I wouldn't say like cocky, but like you know, if they're good, you know, they're gonna. <laughs> yeah. 
have a type of attitude about themselves. And, you know, if you're a coach, you got to um, make sure you know how to, I guess, corral all that and still, you know, be like a good coach and make sure these players is, I guess, you know, what's the word? Like, on point. You got to make sure everybody's yeah, on point. Yeah, yeah. 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 You got you to gotta, gotta be a leader, a leader of men and women. Um, it's definitely hard because I feel like now some coaches kind of aren't – they kind of a little more lenient because, you know, I feel like these players now are a little more different. You know, they can go to people and be like, I don't like this. Are they ready to hop in the transfer portal with the, the smallest thing that don't go their way? So, mm. I don't know. It, it's a fine line, you know. So, some coaches walk on eggshells. It's just mm-hmm. – <laughs> Yeah, I, I I agree with you. I think it's, it's it's the coach too. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. Everybody's built the same. You know what I'm saying. Like, uh, for instance, like you you can't go to Greg Popovich with acting all like that. Like, right. <laughs> ain't no way that's that's yeah. gonna slide. You know what I'm saying. Um, or or you you can't go to uh the UConn women's basketball head coach Gino Ariema acting. Oh, yeah. yeah, that 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 mm-hmm. doesn't work. So I think mm-hmm. it. it I've always said when it comes to basketball, it all starts with with the base and the foundation and the structure. It starts mm-hmm. with G- GM in front office, and then they make the wise decision to get the best coach possible. Now, from the coach, the team is a direct, you know, reflection of how the yeah. coaches. You know what I'm saying? So, it, it, it's 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 a domino effect for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we and we and yep. And big, big times like other move, other moves for you guys that that that, that stood out, like underground moves that, that 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 um you know role players that that went to certain teams, somebody that got their money. What are some sneaky moves on, on, that went under the radar over the you know the mainstream ones? Now I, I want to talk about this, uh, Mike, because your guy, I know you <laughs> you a DC native, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> Mr. Bradley Bill, St. Louis, oh, I know St. Louis's yeah. finest. All right, that that this. This is the one that's kind of interesting to me because, you know, Bradley Bill been in the league for 10 years already, and we know what he is. He's a bucket getter. He is a certified bucket getter. And locking into, you know, another five years, I'm all about a guy getting his money, especially if he's a brother. You know what I'm saying? I'm all about brothers getting paid. But to me, that that, that sent a message to me that Bradley Bill – isn't concerned or his goals aren't to win a championship or his goals is not to contend to be in a playoffs or to be in meaningful games. You know what I'm saying? Because unless Washington is going to make some blockbuster move next year or the year after that, Bradley Bill is going to be a wizard and, 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 and one of those guys that's just going to be, you know what I'm saying? Like, can I ask a question? I'm sorry. I didn't go ahead. No, go ahead. Do you think like that he got comfortable there? Like that, mm, like you know, Melo did with the Knicks. I, I think mm. for him, it's um to me. I think Bradley Bill is the type of guy. I think he's loyal. He's loyal to the city. Uh, loyal, loyal to the fan base. Loyal to the community of DC. I I think he's done a lot for the 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 DC you know area when it comes to nonprofits giving back to the community, the organization see that and they want to reward him. But at, at some point, you know what I'm saying, when are we going to know how good you really are? You know what I'm saying? Like, let's be honest. Wizards can't lure any free agents. So the, yeah. the best thing that Brill got to do is he got to go do what's best for him. So 
I, to me, that was one that was head scratching. I'm like, man, like you so yeah. good, but we ain't gonna be able to see it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, see for me, this 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 how it was for me. Bradley Bill. If you know anything about, I've been following Bradley Bill ever since we drafted him back in 2012, 2013 in that area. Mm-hmm. This brother right here, he's probably he 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 resembles Kawhi Leonard in a lot of sense. He's very chill. He's very laid back. He's very reserved in a sense. I mean, he's, he's confident on the field. He talk he talk his talk. I mean, on the court, he talk his talk on the court. But but like off the court, he's a very reserved guy, and he really just wants to hoop. And not only that. He's built a a legacy in D.C. You know, when John Wall left, this was Bradley Bill's team. When John Wall was on the team and he got hurt and he got hurt and Bradley Bill had to take over the reins, he he became an all around basketball player. Yes. Yes. He hasn't. He hasn't had recently the, the, the type of success he had early on in his career. But but at the same time, he has built himself into a franchise player. And when you have the type of mentality he has, the type of. A personality he has, and also you, like you said, to build off what you were saying earlier. He's done so much in the community. He started AAU teams. He just built a new a new basketball court out there for the kids, uh, uh, the high school kids that he works with. Uh, he he's really he's really built a a big time foundation out here, and the the city the city gives him that energy right back. We love we love Bradley Bill in DC. So him, him and, and not only that, him building that foundation and the opportunity to sign the super max deal that he only could have signed with the Wizards, two hundred and fifty million dollars. Yes, Bradley Bill. I'm not surprised that he took that deal because that's who he is. He knows that at the end of the day, he's the franchise player for the Washington Wizards, and he's done enough to earn that right. And and, and this is his this is his moment right now in showing that he will be him him he knows him alone. You put certain pieces around him, especially the moves that they've been making, the sneaky moves that they've been making behind the scenes trade-wise. This team will be in the playoffs. This team will be in contention uh, there on. This team is not as far off as people might think. This, you know, I'm not saying that they're championship contenders. They're not that at all. What I'm saying is that with Bradley Bill as your franchise player, he's basically putting that supreme confidence in himself that I'm the guy on this team and I can take the, I can take this team further than where they where even they believe they can go, you know, in the time that I'm here. So a salute to Bradley Bill, salute to everything that he does in the city. And uh, I wasn't surprised that he took the deal because that, that, that's been the ruffles and rumors for the last four or five months. Yeah. Quick, quickly, before you go here, Hannah, I don't want to cut you off here. We got breaking news. Uh, Bruce Brown, um, two years with the Denver Nuggets. So it seems Ooh, like wow. trying to clean house there. And then Mitchell Robinson got paid 50 mil of the year, four years, 60 million from the Knicks. So just want to point that out. But go ahead. Nice. What? What you think about Bradley Bill, Hannah? What's your take on that? Um, I actually, I really like Bradley Bill. I love his game. I love his game. I'm all about, you know, all around basketball player. I think it's great to be versatile. But, um, I guess, I, to be honest, I guess he did what was best for him. I feel like me personally, I, I don't know. I'm the kind of person that want to win. So mm-hmm. I, maybe if they get some good pieces around them, they could do good. But I feel like he's the type of player that he, I mean, if he were to leave, he could definitely get a championship. But yeah. I guess it's really all <laughs> up to him. But 
Now, and yeah. I, I do, I, I will say, I do like the Johnny Davis pickup um, more than mm-hmm. most, most people do. I do too. And, uh, I watched a lot of Big Ten games, and this guy right here, boy. Yeah. I yeah. think his ceiling, his ceiling is Devin Booker. Um, pure polish. The guy has no no offensive flaws. Um, he can get a bucket. But the only thing is, is, is can he can he also play with an elite score? That's right. that's gonna be right. the key because you know, you know, Bradley Bill's proven. Um, so uh, that, that's the other thing. But I do like the Johnny Davis pick because um, he is big time. I like the Johnny Davis pick as well. You know what he reminds you know what the role I think he's going to play, Sebi, this year for us? He's going to play a similar role that Cam Thomas played with the Nets last year in his rookie role. I see him in a similar sense. Someone who can, who, who, who actually is an, an elite scorer, but it, depending on the minutes and the role that he plays is going to determine how productive he's going to be. But he's going to be in that Cam Thomas role that's similar to what the Nets played last year. I like the Johnny Davis pickup a lot. He's, a, he's an efficient scorer. I also like this kid we got, Yannick Enzoza. I think he's going to be a nice piece for us as well. He's a big man. He's 6'10". He's, he's very versatile. He's got the pick-and-pop game. I like what I see from him. He can defend the rim. I think he can be a sneaky piece for us as well. Listen, man, dude, this these with this Wizards team, we've got some small, some sneaky pieces, man. We got the Porzingis still there, Kuzma. I'm not saying we we be big time contenders, but hey, I, I do believe we're gonna make the playoffs this year. No doubt, no doubt about that. No doubt about that, there for sure. Yeah, yeah. So that definitely, man. When we uh when we come when we come back on the next segment, we'll shift gears. And we'll we'll we'll, we'll head, head into any and more NBA free agency and other sports and sports news around. Uh, it's here on the uh, this Mike Sebi and Hannah on the Sebi podcast. So. And we are back here on segment two of the Sebi Podcast show. We are continuing our talk with NBA free agency. It was just so much going on yesterday. We got to tap in. Tap in. We got some more surprises, some more sneaky picks. Sebi, talk to me. What are some more sneaky picks that you want to talk about, that you want to build on? Who else Who else went crazy yesterday with free agency? Um, it wasn't yesterday. I, I think two things. Uh, it wasn't yesterday, maybe two days ago. I, okay. I love what the, uh, the, the Atlanta Hawks did. I think that was a uh, sneaky okay. move. But it, at the same time, I think it was a power move. DeJounte Murray, this is a guy that I wanted the Boston Celtics to get, and he, they didn't even get him. So um, I like what Atlanta did. Um, Trey Young, he needed a guy that can facilitate the offense off ball. Um, DeJounte Murray is an elite. When I tell you guys an elite defender, elite, elite off ball and on ball. Um, led the league last year in steals. But also his offensive game came going, career high in points, assists, um, you know, and he came from Greg Popovich, so you know he could play well. You add that, and they didn't have to give up John Collins. Now we'll see if he, they can keep him. They still got to um, extend him. But if you can keep John Collins with Herter, with Bogdanovich, uh, with, you know, Trey in the backcourt and DeJounte Murray, to me, I think we're going to see this team, this Hawks team, the team that we saw um, a year and a half ago, not the year, not the team we saw last year in the in the uh, playing tournament. I think this they can be a top five seed in the Eastern Conference. So uh, to me, Dejounte Murray is a big, 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 um, 
big uh, impact for them. And then another one nobody talking about, but it's something about the Bucks, man. They think they slick. yeah, they slick. They, they think they sneaky. They, slick. they think they slick. That's the thing. They think they slick. I, I seen what they did. They added Joe Ingles for a one year deal. I think that's a huge piece because last year in the playoffs, you saw when Middleton went down. Yeah. Um, you know, they needed offense. Giannis had to do everything and anything. So now Joe Ingles, a guy that can run the offense, he can run point guard duties, but he can also play off ball, spot up shooter. Um, and, and the Bucks need shooting around Giannis. So they think they slick, like I ain't see that. So, you know, I see they loading up. So I thought that was another little sneaky move that that that, that could help them out. Yeah, yeah, big, yeah, big time. Yeah, yeah. They definitely, they definitely do. They loaded up. Resigning Bobby Porter's to me was huge because I was hearing Sebi, I, Sebi Hannah, I was hearing rufflings that it was the possibility he would go to the Warriors. Uh-uh. So it, it was, it was, uh-uh. it was, it was, it was rumored out. So I, I'm telling you, it was close. So I, I when they, when I was glad they locked him down because it, it keeps that foundation and that core there and keeps their, keeps their hopes alive. So that, 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 that was a huge piece as well. I do believe that um, the Lakers have made some some key defensive young pieces. I don't believe they made any offensive uh, threats or firepower threats, but I do believe defensively Damian Jones was a nice piece. I do believe defensively Juan Toscano-Anderson will prove to be a nice piece for them. Troy Brown Jr., who played with my Wizards for some time. I do believe defensively those guys will help this Lakers team a lot. Lonnie Walker. Lonnie Walker. Lonnie Walker, the uh, the third. Yeah, yeah. Lonnie Walker as well on a one-year deal. So, so defensively, I do believe they got younger and better on the defensive side. What do you think about that, Hannah? What do you think about what the Lakers did? I, they definitely need a defense, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that was smart on that part. Um, I'm kind of interested to see what they're going to do with everything. I want to see what they're going to do with Westbrook and all that. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> but so, So there's talks, Hannah, about – um, they're, they're potentially trying to create cap room or create because you know they don't got nothing to work with they, they really stuck on, yeah. on and with all their contracts but they're trying to create room to get Kyrie or maybe Kyrie and KD now I don't know how that's going to happen I realistically speaking about Kyrie going there which yeah I so what, what do you think about that I personally I love that that 2016 camp team is my favorite but <laughs> I wouldn't be too I would be okay with Kyrie, you know, going back to play with LeBron. I don't know how he feel about it. <laughs> but I think they would look good together, especially now. But I don't know. Mm. It's, it would be interesting to see how they put everything together. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know if yeah. I would want KD and Kyrie at the Lakers. That would be – I don't know how that, how they would mesh together, but – we all know that Kyrie the, the commissioner got to veto that. Ain't no way. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the <laughs> only LeBron, thing. Katie, Kyrie, like, yeah. Super team. Yeah, way that's, that, you got to be able to veto that. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To me, in my mind, the Lakers have already been out in the Kyrie and KD sweepstakes because there's roughness yeah. that they want to play together. And on top of that, you can't have the NBA. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> there is no way. Yeah, on this, on this mean, planet, they Chris that they're gonna go play with Kobe. Yeah, Bryant. if they veto Chris Paul with Kobe, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that was a different commissioner. Like, that, 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 that was a different commissioner, but still, you, you're talking but, about Katie and Braun on the same team. That's no, that's not, they're not allowing <laughs> that. That's two of the best players in this, in this era, in this decade. No, yeah, no, they're exactly. not, they're not allowing that. Yeah, 
There's no reason to watch basketball. We know what the outcome would. You be. thought the Warriors were bad. You yeah. thought the you thought the 2017 uh, 18 Warriors were bad. Oh yeah. man, yeah, yeah. No, nah, that 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 cannot happen. I think Los Angeles, realistically speaking, um, you know, Kyrie saying that he he wants to force his way to LA. Um, a lot of things are gonna have to happen. I I still think that in order for that to happen, another team got to be involved. The Lakers don't got the cap room, the capital. They don't got the assets. Um, you know. Think about the contracts. Russell Westwood going to have forty-seven million this year. AD is injury prone. His his bones is is fragile. It's made out of glass. Yeah. I mean, and so you got to think about. They don't have. They don't even have any future picks. They gave up all their future for AD. So what they're gonna have to give up? Yeah. So I, I realistically think if they're gonna get Kyrie or KD, it's gonna be hard because they're gonna have to have another team involved. And and that's that's when things get really really harder. Yeah, yeah, big time. Yeah, I, I like I like and all and also and also in this in this whole scenario, you you got yeah you got KD. KD might want to go somewhere. KD might. I've heard Miami Rufflands. You saw Dame. What what did, what did you guys think about the the, the, the the Damian Lillard IG IG story? Him posting for the Blazers with him and KD. Uh, together to me, I, like, I thought that that was interesting because you usually don't see players do that, like not even as in a jokingly way. You don't even say, see players do that for the most part. So when he pointed that out early on, do you think he was hinting at something? Like maybe he knew something that, that we didn't know because it was a shock to us on Thursday when KD said he requested a trade. But you know that that post that that post when he posted, I believe Saturday it was. Uh, to me, it's uh, it's starting to hold a little bit more weight now. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I would agree. Uh, go ahead, Hannah. Oh no, I was just agreeing. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's interesting. It's definitely interesting. I don't think he's going to Portland, but I think it was like signs to come. Like, yo, this he, he might. He's. I don't think he's going to be in Brooklyn. Like, he's going to be somewhere else playing. Right, right. I, so. I, I, I would agree with you guys. I don't think he who would want to live in Oregon. You know, <laughs> it's not really a lot <laughs> especially especially when they passed up on him fifteen years ago in the draft. Oh, they did. They did. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I, I, I want to know what you guys think about this because um, a lot of people are saying that Katie and Kyrie may play in, in different teams this year, but there's the possibility of them reuniting again. Yes. But it's not going to be in Brooklyn. What do you guys think about that? I don't know, man. See that? See that? That's where it gets tricky because then you have to find a scenario where you have to either uh, find a team to come find a team that has enough assets to go head up with you to get those guys there in a package deal or you have to add a third team in. Now, there's only a couple teams out there that you can throw in in that three-team mix in order to make a package deal as big as this. One of those teams is the Oklahoma City Thunder, obviously, because they have more picks, they have more picks than, than anybody, anybody. Yeah. anybody could ever dream of right now. And assets, and, and young ass, young cheap assets. So they, they, have, they have that. You also have teams like the Memphis Grizzlies who have young assets as well. But you have you, the, those are a couple teams that would enter a three-team mix. But outside of that, you, I, it's hard to find a scenario where you would find a package deal um, to get those guys. But you would have to add uh, to me a team like the Oklahoma City Thunder is key in all of this because they have the most assets and they have a potential play in where Katie and Kyrie could go. Now, 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 this Memphis team is. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Hannah. Go ahead. I just I want to know y'all thoughts on the Thunder because I was watching uh, Stephen A and um, 
Kyle put that man in. They were they were talking about it, debating. He was just talking about how OKC they had a lot of star power come through there, and they still haven't won. So I just want to know what y'all think about the franchise. They were to get one of those two. That would be. I don't know. Oh, it's fun. <laughs> As far as like, as far as like, who Katie and Kyrie or like Katie and or... when you say which, when you say one of those two, which one you talk? Who you talking? Either Kyrie, I don't. Yeah, yeah, to, yeah. To, to, to me, to me, I, I don't, I don't see it happening. One, one because the, the, one of the reasons why they haven't won anything is because of the small market thing and the lack of, attra- of, of attractiveness. It's not an attractive spot to get free agents, so you have to build. And then when they had that, when they did build, and they had the opportunity, when, and they built their own form of big three, they didn't maximize and capitalize on it and um, mm-hmm. uh, on, on the time that they had together. And even when James Harden left, they still had uh, an opportunity a couple of years to win championships, and they didn't get it done. It, it it just it just it showed um, when you listen to Kendrick Perkins. I I go back to that Kendrick Perkins interview that he had with JJ Reddick that came out about a week or week or so ago. He talked about the time in OKC how Katie and Russ on the court individually had were great talents and they played together, but they weren't a cohesive unit off the court and they weren't a team off the court and that that lack of chemistry led to a lot of their lapses when they ran up against real teams like the Warriors and blowing a 3-1 lead or losing mm-hmm. to the Spurs in 2014 yeah. and stuff like that. So that that lack of, 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 of capturing the moment and really galvanizing the troops and really coming together with Katie and Russ and really getting missing out on your best chance to capture a title, that 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 is one of the biggest keys that hurt them and also not being able to do it with James Harden as well. It, it definitely it definitely hurt those guys. So it's, it's, it's going to be tough for them to build for now, you're going to have to build from the ground up, um, but it's going to be hard to attract guys because it's, it's OKC. It's not going to be an attractive spot for people. Right. <laughs> I, I wanted to uh, seg- segue on this and ask you guys a question about this. This has been two other places um, that I think is interesting. Um, now, KD to Memphis, because Me- Memphis actually got the ammunition. They got the picks, and then they yeah. got young stars on the rise and stuff like that. Um, now the only downside of that is Memphis would have to probably give up a lot of their depth and their roster for Kevin Durant, but that in John Morant is enticing because y'all already know how I feel about Ja. Yeah, he is. <laughs> he is. I mean, if oh Hannah, if, Hannah loves Ja too. So yeah. Ja Morant that is jaw breaking. I'm telling you, high and he not even. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I, yeah. I think if KD were to go there. And and they would shake some type of way, maybe give up Dylan Brooks, maybe uh, I would try to keep uh, Jaron Jackson, but they might have to give up Bane and some picks. So I, I think that could be a good landing spot. They could probably shake something in Memphis, but also um, there, there was rumors where with Kyrie, because Mark Cuban said he's very interested in getting Kyrie to Dallas. So I want to also see how you guys think about how Luca and Kyrie would kind of coexist too, because. You know what I'm saying? Is is Luca able to play with a, a another superstar on his team? Like, how, how do you guys see those two uh, teams, Memphis and Dallas? Uh, Dallas, Dallas with Kate. I mean, with Kyrie, it, it would be interesting, but I'm not really sure because they kind of built that whole team around Luca mm-hmm. in a way. So I don't know. If he would feel with Kyrie. Like I feel like he. he would, his toes would feel like they'd be stepped on in a way because 
we all know what Kyrie do, so <laughs> it, I mean, a, a little pressure would be off of him, but I, I don't know. You know, when players are like that go-to, that's what they expect. So I don't know. It sounds good. But would it be good? <laughs> said it sound good. <laughs> it you know, it, 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 on, on paper, on paper, on paper, Sevier, it definitely has a lot of potential. And you, you, when you, when you, when you fantasize about it, it definitely does because one of the best roles that Kyrie has always thrived in is when he doesn't have to worry about orchestrating the offense and facilitating. He could just go out there, get a bucket, and, yeah. and get his and get his mm-hmm. assist off. You know, passing off double teams and stuff like that. That's usually been his best spot in, in 2016 with LeBron. And yeah. even in the short time he's had with KD, that's also been his best his best role as well. So him with Luca, with Luca orchestrating everything, doing what he does, getting his buckets, and that that frees up a lot of space for Kyrie. And Kyrie will able to boogie and do his thing one on one. I do believe that'll be an interesting scenario. And in the clutch, you have two bucket getters in the clutch that mm-hmm. ain't afraid of the moment too. So that could be an interesting thing as well. And, uh, and I do believe Kyrie would, would answer the call defensively because Jason Kidd. And uh, some of the, the some of those coaches, Jared Dudley, some of those guys on that coaching staff would definitely hold him accountable defensively to get it done. So I do believe that would be an interesting mix if they were to come together. The Memphis one as well, because Memphis, like you said, Jaws is rising and they have a lot of assets to get either KD or Kyrie. So either either team is very attractive and very interesting. Um, I'm just I'm just I'm just waiting to see how it plays out. But Dallas with Dallas with Kyrie. When you think about the metrics and you think about where Kyrie is as a player now, I do believe it's a high possibility to work. I I, I think I think KD and Kyrie, I think KD to Memphis would be great. You already see John Morant got beef with Draymond Green. Now, can you imagine KD there facing the team? Uh, that, Christmas, that Christmas Day matchup. Yo, that that right there is the storylines. Can y'all can y'all imagine reading the newspaper? The storylines going into a, a playoff series like that would be great. Those teams don't like each other. I think that that would be that would be must watch TV right there. I, I I think that that would be good for sure. That Christmas Day matchup would be epic. They've already already setting it up for it. I already see it coming. That's 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 why I'm, I'm gonna shift gears. I want to talk about the Philadelphia 76ers. To me, that they made some sneaky moves as well. When you when you go to Memphis and you get somebody like a DeAndre Melton, who's a very sneaky scorer, I like what he brings to the table. Uh, I, I think I think Philly is really shaping shaping them up and making some moves um, to, to 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 put around put around Joel. Um, what, what do you guys think about what Philly's done so far? The the only thing uh, I question with the Sixers is um, <laughs> are they trying to be the Seventy Sixers or the Rockets because they went out and, and and they went they went out and they got PJ Tucker back for for James Harden. Um, they went out and they got Daniel House from Houston. Right, mm-hmm. they're in interest right now in a trade to get Eric Gordon from Houston. So are they reuniting all these Houston guys back with James Harden? So is this the Philadelphia Rockets or what they trying to do? Now I I do like the acquisition of of PJ Tucker. A thing that um the Sixers really lacked was an identity defensively. A uh, uh, PJ Tucker is is one of those hard nosed dogs that you know. Like his stats may not show it, but the impact on the floor will show that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I, I do like that, but I've also heard news they're in play for KD. Um, you know that they they, they want to go all in. I don't know if giving up Maxi and 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 Tybul is 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 what they want to do, but um, but yeah, thus far I, I see Philly doing some things. It's gonna be interesting to see how much of a pay cut James Harden take because he was supposed to make about $46 million this year. 
So we'll we'll, we'll see. That's gonna be interesting then. What did you guys? We, we um I don't believe we talked much about some of the picks that we saw in the NBA draft and stuff like that. What, what, what were your thoughts on the NBA draft and how it played out? So you want you want to go ahead, Hannah? Um, I missed the first <laughs> round, but I I caught back up. Uh, I thought. I thought it was interesting. It definitely didn't go how it was projected to go. Mm-hmm. And some some guys went a little later than I expected, and some guys I didn't even think were in the draft. <laughs> right. But I was definitely happy that Paolo was the first pick because I'm a huge Duke fan. So shout out to the Duke. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's interesting. Some of those trades and stuff were interesting because, I mean, I didn't get to keep up with a lot of those dudes during the season because I was playing, but most of the ones that went in the top ten, I think that's interesting. I'm just interested to see how they're going to do. I'm ready to see the summer league and stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was, I was, was very interested in um... – you know, you know, Chet, Chet Homer gonna obviously going to OKC. Yeah. With, with like that's just another asset for OKC. Like you know, just like how we were just talking. Um, Jabari Smith obviously going to the, going uh, not going third overall to the Rockets. Um, Jaden Jaden Ivey getting drafted. Uh, mm-hmm. To me, to me, I think that's one of the biggest pieces was Jaden Ivey going to the Pistons because mm-hmm. the Pistons mm-hmm. to me is gonna take that. They're gonna take that leap. To mm-hmm. me, they're, they're going to be in contention for the playoffs next year. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to surprise some teams, and they might sneak up and start off similar to how the Cavaliers started off this past season and sneak up on some teams and potentially sneak into the, the play-in possibly because they, they have a young rising team, and towards the, if you paid attention to them towards the end of last season, they got better over time and more competitive against top teams over time. And Cade Cunningham really blossomed and, uh, and, and began hooping out of his mind. So... Watch yeah. out for the Detroit Pistons, uh, uh, especially with Jaden Ivey coming up. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. Um, Detroit was was probably my biggest winner. Um, I think in a few years, Cade Cunningham and Jaden Ivey, that backcourt in the Eastern mm-hmm. Conference, they're gonna have something to say about that. Mm-hmm. Jaden Ivey to me is he's, he's he's explosive. Like, the skills to level score so. Um, I think that him and Cade Cunningham running the show in Motown, they're going to be problems. But they also got Sadiq Bay. They also yes, got they Stewart. Yeah, they, they're in play to get DeAndre Ayton in free agency. We'll see if that happens. I don't know if that's going to happen still. But they've also got Jalen Duren with the 13th pick. Yes. Yes, they traded uh, with the Hornets uh, for uh, for the big man from Memphis, 6'10", 250, a big guy that can bang down low, but also, um, you know, uh, impose his will on the block. So uh, Detroit, not only uh, yes, I agree with you guys. I think they'll be the Cavs of next year. They're gonna sneak up up a, on a lot of people and um, really get a lot of wins because I think Cade and Ivy um, are the, are just that good um, in in their NBA ready right now. Um, on that, and speaking of the Cavs, I also like what the Cavs did. Um, we saw what they did yes. last year um, with Garland and those guys, but yeah. getting. Akaji from Kansas, that was huge. Yeah, that that was as huge. if they needed to get yeah. any bigger. So, yes, as if they, they needed to get any more athletic. Oh, yep, yep. I, I, they're already a big team as is, but uh, I've always said in today's NBA, you can't you can't have enough wings. And this guy could shoot the three. He could put the ball on the floor. He could play off ball. And more importantly, he's a defender. 
he is he defends. So uh, I I think it's crazy to think since LeBron's left, the Cavs have drafted very well. Darius Garland, they've gotten the Mobley brothers back. Um, they, they've got, they've drafted very well. I don't know what they're gonna do with Sexton, but I, I like I like I like what the Cavs. Did. So those are the two teams that stood up. Yeah, that's the interesting. That's the, what, what were you saying, Hannah? Oh no, y'all go ahead. Yeah, yeah, that, that's an interesting piece because I wanted to know what do you think they're gonna do with Colin Sexton? Because he's he's an interesting piece in the rest of this. They have a a, a solidified, uh, I believe, backcourt within Karis Levert and Darius Garland. We saw what Garland did last year. Where do where do you see Colin Sexton fitting in all of this? Go ahead, Hannah. I'm sorry. Hold on. Um, the power pack is one hundred eighty-three dollars. Okay, can you take that one off? I'm not getting that one. It's only two of them. The other one is three ninety-five, and then the I want to think it's Adrock. Yeah, I don't know. They're um, nine dollars and eighty-five cents. Yeah. Do you want those two? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm sorry. What was the question? I was asking you about Colin Sexton. Where do you see him fitting in all of this with the with with Karis Levert and Darius Garland already there shining? What do you what do you what do you think the play is for Colin Sexton with Cleveland? Mm, it's interesting because I know the injury he went through too well. So um, I know he's a dog. I know he's gonna come back like ready, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I, I don't know. I would have to see it. I'll have to see it because we know what Darius Garland and them can do. They were doing it while he wasn't playing. They looked pretty good a couple games I've seen him. So I guess it's getting him back into the groove for the most part and then seeing how he how he come back. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, 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 yeah. We all know what Colin can do, so it, we just going to yeah. have to see. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I, I agree. But if I'm Cleveland, I trade him because yep. I've already got the assets mm-hmm. and I can get a lot. Him back. Yep, sure can. Yeah. You, you can get something back, and and crazy to think, but I I I think Cleveland is just a few veterans out away from really being a little contender in the East. I mean, I'm not yeah. saying they might win anything, but okay. they've got a lot of youth. Um, you if you get some vets back to go along with some of those guys to kind of mentor those young players that they have already, um, that might be a, a thing to look out to. And Colin Stexton is still good. I mean, this guy in Alabama, yeah, I remember he was playing three on five. Yeah. Then, <laughs> so uh, I, I forgot what game they were playing, but this guy okay. is a you dog. So, um, yeah, he's, 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 he's going he's to be good for somebody. <laughs> No, yeah, he, he definitely, he definitely would be. I, 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 see, I see a couple plays for him. I thought before John Wall went there, I thought that the Clippers would have been a play for him. Uh, Sevy, it was, it was big, it was big. But um, but once they got John Wall, I knew Sexton was out of there. But there is still a couple options out there for him to go out there and lead and stuff like that. But hey, but Hannah, real quick, I want yeah. b- b- before we get you out of here, I wanted to um, I wanted to ask, let them know, let everybody know um, how, how you think you're going to do this this year, this upcoming season, or where you are at basketball wise, uh, how you've been doing. Uh, just, just just tell everybody what, what's going on with with you as far as your basketball college, your college basketball career. Um. Well, I just recently signed to go play for the Visby Ladies Basketball Club in Sweden, so I'll be leaving in September sometime. Okay. So it's been a long journey. I uh. Started out at JUCO, and then I went to, you know, I matriculated through three different schools after that. But uh, and I had a couple injuries in there, but I'm really excited. I'm doing good. I'm healthy. 
Yeah, I'm healthy and I just I'm ready to go get some buckets. Let's go hoop. <laughs> I hear that. I hear that. I hear that. Let every hey before we get you out of here, let everybody know where they can find you on all the social medias, Instagram, Twitter, anything. Uh, where they can where they can find. Um, you. Yes, my Instagram is underscore Lil Henny with two Y's. <laughs> That's pretty much all the social media I be on. Uh, <laughs> okay. Not, okay. <laughs> no problem. But I definitely appreciate you coming on. And uh, when, when we and when, when we come back, when me and Sebi and I come back for segment three, uh, we'll talk. We'll talk some uh, hockey. We'll talk. We'll talk a few more things, and we'll have my closing arguments to end us out. And we are back here for segment three of the Sebi Podcast Show. We just had Hannah Henderson, guard for a uh, uh, basketball player for uh, from Kentucky State University, about to go sign off uh, and play and play somewhere else. We, we appreciate we appreciate having Hannah on, and she was a dope guest, wasn't she, Sebi? Yeah, man, she was. She was definitely an, an insightful on a lot of things. Um, you know, I can tell she got a lot going on for her, and best of best of luck for her and any other clubs that she. She goes and, and gets paid and make her money. Yeah, it's all just about getting paid for what we love to do every day. So hats off to her signing off to that basketball club she's getting ready to play for. Uh, and salute to her as well. Uh, back to segment three, Sebi. A lot happened as well. We also had a situation where uh, the Colorado Avalanche, mm-hmm. they, they, they took care of the back-to-back champs. They took care of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, it, was a, it was a struggle that final game, two to one. And um, they they hoist the trophy. It was it, it was tough. They had to fight through it, but at the same time, they they got it done. And um, I picked the Tampa Bay Lightning to potentially three peat. Uh, that would that have been a very interesting dynast, dynastic uh, viewpoint for from hockey to me. Well, what is what was your take on the Colorado Avalanche? Yeah, um, uh, hoisting that Stanley Cup trophy. Yeah, we was talking about it a few weeks ago, right? Sometimes yeah. though. You know, size as 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 the as the series goes longer, we always says the team with the size has the advantage because as the the seat as the um you know the series goes longer, size doesn't shrink. We were talking yeah. about that a few weeks ago. Yeah, and if you're the team that can outskate a team, you typically get up early on a series quickly. We saw what happened in Game Two when they just got demolished seven zero. Mm-hmm. So um th- these guys just outskating them. I think, I think this is one of those scenarios where the team that can outskate them just took advantage. You, you, it's hard to three peat, Mike. It's really hard to three peat. Um, all of these guys are still in their prime, but they're aging. Colorado came confident. I think once they went up three one, they smelled blood, Mike. They smelled blood. They realized that you know we're faster than these guys on these skates, and. Um, you know, they just took advantage. They took advantage. And uh, their goalkeeper, Mike, I can't Ooh. pronounce his name, but he was huge. Oh, my goodness. He was huge all series, man. I mean, the stops, the stops that this guy was doing with the puck was unbelievable. Kudos to the Avalanche, man. Um, this is also a team, Mike, that's been knocking on the door for years, right? Yeah. They've been knocking on the Western Conference for a while. 
And Magic Johnson always said it best, man. The first one is always the hardest one. Yeah. You know, so who's to say that the Colorado Avalanche and this Tampa Bay team, who I think will be back, might not be one of those uh, Golden State and Cleveland rivalries that we see for years to come. Or, or it might not be a Miami Heat and Spurs, uh, you know, rivalry that we have in the Stanley Cup finals. Right. So um, these two teams are going to be, be here uh, a long time. I don't think Tampa's done. Um, but this time it was just all about the halves. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. The Tampa's Tampa's far from done. It's, and you know, with the type of competitive fervor that they have, the competitive nature that they have, you know, at the end of the day, that they're going to be motivated from this all off season and try their best to get back. Now we know it's always tough to go to four straight Stanley Cup uh, finals. It's gonna it's gonna definitely be tough. However, I, not, I we know at the end of the day, it's, it's not going to be because they're not motivated or or something that they're doing. It's gonna be, it's gonna take a lot to beat this team in a four game series, and you saw it from Colorado today. So um um, it, this this is going to be a compelling matchup, not only just in the um potentially in the Stanley Cup for years, but throughout the regular season as well, where we see them go against each other. We're going to remember these moments. We saw, we're going to see how Tampa Bay responds next season and stuff like that. A little little game within the games and stuff like that. See how how they're going to match that physicality next year going into this year. So I I, I am interested to see it. I am interested to see who is going to try to get to this point next year. Uh, in the NHL, you got a lot of a lot of a lot of top teams. Um, so, it, hats off to Colorado. Uh, we'll we'll see how they defend their title next year. No doubt, no doubt about that. There for sure, they'll they'll be around. They'll be around for a while, um, just because all those guys are either entering their prime or still haven't entered it yet. Yep, yep, big time. And Sebi, if I'm not mistaken, I do believe this is the part of this segment where I end it with my closing arguments. Yes, it is, my man. This is your time where you make your statement. You make your your time. Uh, Ty over here messaging me saying he's confused by Katie and Kyrie. He don't know what to think. But something <laughs> tells me you got something to say about this I do. as your closing argument. I, so I def- take it away, my man. I, def- I definitely do. I definitely do. There's a lot of rufflings about this Kevin Durant and Kyrie situation. A lot of rufflings. You know, with Kevin Durant out in the trade, there's a lot of people. I'm hearing a lot of rufflings that Kyrie Irving has ruined the franchise. I'm hearing a lot of rufflings about a lot of things. I'm hearing that this is the worst. uh, This duo pairing has been the worst situation in NBA history by far. I'm hearing hearing a lot. But what I'm not hearing is perspective. And and, and perspective is key when you break down the science of, of what has transpired over the last few years and what's transpiring as we currently reside with the Katie and Kyrie situation. The situation with Kevin Durant wanting to trade out of Brooklyn with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant's relationship as his father brothers. This is about business. This is a business situation, and you have a situation where Kevin Durant wanted him to stay in Brooklyn and wanted him to get the max. But the Brooklyn Nets did not want to sign him to the max for reasons of obviously, you know, Kyrie's injury history, uh, the COVID situation last year, not playing. It rubs certain people in the organization the wrong way. We, we know this. However, what, they, what they're not saying is the behind-the-scenes tactical moves that Kyrie and KD are putting together. Um, I don't want to say putting together behind the scenes, but everything that's naturally come together as time has progressed. You have a situation where, Sebi, I want to ask you a question. Where have you ever heard it? Where have you ever heard of an NBA player who opts in a contract but doesn't inform the best and inform the team? 
Yeah, yes. It's, it's probably never Kyrie, been Kyrie Irving informed the athletic on Monday that he was opting in with the Nets. He didn't tell the team. Which and the, the the Nets came out the next day and said that they were surprised that he opted in because they thought that he was gone. They thought that he was gonna put the thirty six and a half million on the shelf for the six million to go to get traded to LA and leave them with no assets to bring back for KD and leave his boy hanging. No, Kyrie didn't want to do that. KD stuck with Kyrie through the entire time, the entire situation last year with COVID. So because he did that, he Kyrie said, No, I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna opt in because I'm gonna give if they are gonna trade me, I'm gonna give them the maximum assets to make sure that they give you back so you're not left with the scraps. Because at the end of the day, I have a play. KD didn't have much of a play at first because he's on a four-year deal already. He's already signed. He's already locked in. So like I was saying earlier, wherever KD ends up right uh, uh, in this very moment is where KD is going to go essentially for the rest of his career, potentially. So now you have a situation where KD opting out shows us that he was waiting on them to sign Kyrie long-term. And once it hit the deadline on Thursday that they didn't want to sign his boy long-term, that's when he opted out. So it's actually the reverse. Kevin Durant opting out shows his loyalty to Kyrie in a sense, if you really think about it. And also, I'm going to say this. When you, when, you, when you bring up a situation about Kyrie ruining the franchise, I just want to bring a perspective out there. People don't have to agree with this. I just want to throw this out there. How about this? We all we want to hold. We've been holding Kyrie accountable a lot over the last two years, mm-hmm. rightfully so on, on, on certain situations. Rightfully so. Mm-hmm. But how about the Brooklyn Nets organization in this and and, and the city and and also and also Sebi. they've they've got much to blame. Oh my Sean goodness, Sebi. and all those guys. Oh my Jay-Z, goodness, Sebi. whoever. Yep. Like we we rightfully so for the Kyrie for the for, for certain certain part, aspects of Kyrie, but but on on this on this point. The Brooklyn Nets organization have fumbled the ball big time over the last couple of years, and it's starting to come out now. We're starting to see it now. And not only that, because when, when you think about it, when, Kyrie, the, the, when, when, Kyrie, when the season started, Kyrie was allowed to play road games. The NBA allowed him to play road games. He couldn't play home games because he wasn't vaccinated, but he could play on the road. The Brooklyn Nets were the one that took that right away from him and said, no, we're not, you're not going to play road games. The Brooklyn Nets were the one that took that away from him. And then when, when they when they need they then they showed him that we're gonna bring you back when we realize we've worn KD out and we 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 have too many brothers on COVID and things like that. It was it, it didn't feel genuine in Kyrie's aspect. On top of the fact that when they brought him back, they brought him back with a certain amount of games into the season, he wasn't able to have his legs under him. So when he got to the playoffs and he's fasting, he wasn't in playoff mode the way Jason Tatum was to play certain teams was, you know, situations occur when you when you when you when you just jump into a season like that. So that that that's another sign of disloyalty. And on top of the fact, the the city of New York, you had a situation where you laughed at this man in his face basically by saying that fans can come to the game and not be vaccinated, but he can't play and and he's not vaccinated. You laughed in this man's face, and you all you also. You laugh, You basically laughed in this man's face when you said that fans are more have more rights to come to the games than he does in playing. Th- that that alone, right there, all of these things, a combination of all of them, is is to me a perspective that I want to throw out there because I believe it's something that turned Kyrie Irving off to the Brooklyn Nets, and in a, in a way, potentially turned KD off to the Brooklyn Nets as well, which is why you saw him request a trade, and which is why you're also hearing rufflings about them potentially wanting to still play together just on another team. They don't want to play in Brooklyn. 
the domino effect is the Brooklyn Nets organization and Katie and Kyrie. It's not Katie and Kyrie's relationship. I do believe the Brooklyn Nets organization failed in a lot of regards, and and, and with the, with the combination of the city of New York uh, showing showing a, a laughing in Kyrie's face is one of the reasons why they still want to play together, just not for this team. Yeah, this that that's. That's interesting that you brought that up. That's interesting that you brought that. It, it's. I think it's. It's. Uh, it's. 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 The involvement of everybody's at fault over here. I don't think it's just one person. Um, obviously, Katie and Kyrie. Uh, Kyrie in particular has a lot to blame, but front office, the the the, the state of New York. All that has a domino effect. Mike, well, do you think this would have happened? <laughs> if this was noise about this back in Mm-mm. do you think this would have happened if the Knicks, if Katie and Kyrie went to the Knicks rather than Brooklyn? What would mm-hmm. Because you know, obviously we can't offset what the state of New York mandates would have been. That that might might have still been different. But do you believe that the front office for the Knicks with Leon Rose? And all of those guys in front office, would this would have happened? The I, head coach of the New York Knicks right now. Do you think that this would have happened in his watch? It's things that we'll never we'll never know, right? Because they chose Brooklyn over the Knicks. You know how much the Knicks have been thirsting for 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 a star. So you think this would have happened, Mike? I do believe that because the Knicks have a dis a, a dysfunctional organiz- organization from the higher ups is concerned. I do believe that they 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 um they would they would have had their own issues in New York City. Obviously, I do believe because they would have played for the Knicks. I do believe that there would have been certain uh, rules and regulations that would have been swayed in their favor because they're playing for the New York Knicks. I do believe that as well. I do believe more more opportunities like, as far as, like, you know, with the whole mandate thing. I don't believe that would have been as big of a deal had they played for the Knicks based on who based on who's, who was running New York City at the time and where everything was at. But I don't think that's the biggest key to them. I think that where the Nets went wrong is where is when – they got greedy and tried to get get James Harden. I do believe they got wrong went wrong in that sense because you had a formula of success with what you with the pieces that you had right there with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving already there. You had a big man in Jared Allen, young Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert coming off the bench. Joe Harris still there, healthy. I do believe when you have offensive threats like a Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, and you have uh, essentially, and you have a big man like a Jared Allen who can dominate on the boards and get these guys multiple possessions. I do believe that's a recipe for success than trying to get rid of that big man and try to get greedy on the outside. Now, granted, had those three stay healthy and had we seen a full big three from James, Katie, and Kai, that's a title because we've heard GMs, we've heard anonymous GMs say, we, we, we just don't we, – we, we really didn't know how to figure out that group. That group together just was as unstoppable as you can get. And, and rightfully so. We saw it. It was one of the best offensive performances and seasons that we saw through history. However, I do believe they got greedy in that sense because you saw that in the end it didn't work out. They only played 16 games together. And once they tried to get back on the snide and regroup, it just – for some reason the aura just shifted and the, and, and the energy was different. And – had they kept that young core, had they kept Jared Allen there, who knows where this team could have ended and who knows where we could be looking right now.
Hey everyone, we're excited just as much as you guys tonight if you enjoyed this show and frankly even some of our other episodes as well. If you want to show your appreciation for the show, ensure that you leave us a rating and a review in our iTunes and Spotify. And remember, you can stay locked in here and connected. Sebupodcast.info link for the latest news, articles, interviews, and much more. And remember, wherever you're listening on air or online, the Sebu Podcast is wherever you go.